So the big question is this. How do pastors like us who remain focused on the mission of Jesus and serving our communities without being distracted by everything in the world around us, how do we increase our effectiveness while living a lifestyle that doesn't compromise our health, our families, or our personal relationships with Jesus? That's the question this podcast is going to answer. I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper, and welcome to the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Ministry Hackers Podcast. Hope everything is going well for you in your world. Things are going well here on this end. It's uh, getting colder and the leaves are changing, which I love, and it's so much fun. Today, we are visited by a good friend of mine and author of the book, Better Than Jesus, uh, Ty Buckingham. Welcome, Ty, to the podcast. Hey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. You doing all right? So, so good. I mean, we're in Atlanta, just hanging out. It's that really awkward phase of like every morning you wear a jacket and then every middle of the day you wear shorts and now you wear a jacket again and it's kind of annoying, but it's, <laughs> you know, we're, we're dealing with it. It's like carrying around an umbrella, only it's a jacket. Yeah, basically. Yeah, but all day long. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Now, Ty, just give everybody kind of a, a rundown of what you do, because you're not, you, you don't just sit at home doing nothing. You're kind of all over the place, right? Depends who you ask, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, the main thing is that on, on weekends typically is we're gone. We're traveling either by myself, occasionally with my wife or with a friend, but yes, yeah, so I, I will travel and speak teaching primarily on the Holy spirit in a way that's without any weird baggage, uh, going just across the country, primarily in the United States, uh, sometimes international stuff, but not a ton of that, especially, you know, right now considering, but yeah, so that's what's been going on now. And we're now starting to pick back up, as we talked about before this, that we're starting to really get back into the swing of things of, you know, in a socially distant way, you know, still having these events and moments, which has been really unique, especially because we're very um, altar driven, you know, prayer driven, you know, praying with one another. It's been really cool because then we get to have just these, you know, unique experiences and it really stretches me and then people to have these, you know, spiritual events that are not in an altar, you know, so it, it which actually I think is sometimes healthier. So mm -hmm. it's been, it's been a blast, but yeah, so that's the, that's the main stuff. And then, yeah, I wrote uh, a new book better than Jesus. Holy spirits on a bird is an older one, but yeah, we did that as a resource for people with the same subject matter. Nice. So remind me when did better than Jesus, when did it come out? It came out three months ago, I think. Okay. Like and how has the response been just to the book and you know, the message there? Uh, it's been awesome. It's been really fun. It's been just an interesting thing. You know, online is one way, you know, so, you know, like there's always like the, the initial bump of, you know, selling a bunch of books at the beginning and then, you know, kind of, you know, doing those off a little bit more, which we get, especially right now. But then it's been really great when we've been at live events. I mean, we're selling out every single time. We're trying to figure out ways to bring more, which is awesome. And I think people are just um, a little more excited for uh, just a different vibe. I and mean, even the title itself is, you know, it's a little intriguing and, you know, kind of gets to push buttons a little bit, but more to entice than anything. And it's, and it's fun. And it just looks, you know, we put more effort into, you know, the art of the book and stuff. And so, you know, I guess people seem to pick it up more and it's, it's been fun. And, you know, every time, you know, at an event, people who would typically buy one, they always buy two now. So that's always cool too, you know, and it's, and it's always nice, you know, cause obviously it's more, you know, uh, resource money in uh, stuff for our ministry, but it's also, 
you know, like the first book we wrote is pretty basic. And this one is just a, a different approach to some ideas and a little deeper, maybe pushes a little farther in, in some areas. So it's been, it's been pretty fun for sure. Nice. So now number one, you got a lot of praise for the cover of the book, right? Yeah. 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 For sure. And, and when I, so when I got my copy, I got it in a really cool box that had yeah, the yeah. look on it. Which <laughs> yeah. I that was was awesome. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Tell everybody a little bit about the book. Like what's, what's the book about? What's the content? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, and shout out to the guy, Joshua Newm is the guy who, who did the, the artwork for it. I did not do it. He's way <laughs> better than I am. And so, yeah, but the, the idea was I was, I've been doing this for five years now, preaching and teaching in, in churches. Now the first year it was like four churches. So that barely counts, <laughs> but then, but now we do it pretty regularly. And so, but there's just always this one, you know, it's one passage that we are always talking about, like always just kind of as a sub note. And I was always, every time I would say like, this is a really crazy idea of when Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's kind of like prepping them, uh, you know, for what's to happen. And he's like, Hey, um, it's better for you that I leave and then, then send Holy spirit to you. Right. And I used to always think of like, that's an insane, like if I'm a disciple, I'm like super frustrated by that. Cause like I left everything, like this isn't me going to college for a couple of years. It's cause I have the home, you know, like it's, I left home. I left the boat. Like that thing has been stolen for sure. Like there's no way, you know, like all of the things. And then you're like, in my mind, if I'm a disciple, I'm thinking this is like forever. And then Jesus is like, Hey, so it's better for you if I bounce. And it's like, like if I'm, if I'm, I would lose my mind. Like I'm definitely frustrated. And so then this idea of like there being something better, other translations say to your advantage of, or, to your greater profitability or whatever. But I love that vernacular of like, it's just better. And then it was like, man, I used to talk about it just really briefly of like, man, that's just a really crazy statement. But then unpacking a little bit more of like, it's really a true statement because like, I, I love, I just did this uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like, you know, you know, live audience, like I'll do this thing. Like I'm asking people what their favorite Jesus miracle moment is. Right. Has not gone poorly yet so i'll keep trying it <laughs> but i'm always nervous for like live interactions yeah, but you never know what you're gonna get never know man and so the uh like i was asking people you know what are your favorite miracle moments with jesus that in the new testament that happened and so he's like and people are listening on all these things and almost all of them the coolest part of the miracle isn't you know the woman with the issue of blood is healed of that issue i mean like that's like a very personal issue. Like, I don't think people like relate to that as much as the idea of walk, pushing through a crowd, like cultural right. norms being broken, you know, right. you know, taking the guy who's got his legs, you know, he, they get to the house, they break down the house. Like they do all of this stuff just to get to Jesus for like a, what appears to be a, like maybe a couple minute moment. Like it's not, it's not like, and then they follow Jesus forever, even, you know, yeah. that we see lots of, so just this idea of, number one of the idea of like the actual like geography of Jesus is a crazy idea of like, and then taking it even farther than to then we you know, talking about the Holy spirit, which is, you know, we get this empowerment is like this moment of it. There's this better thing for just all of humanity. Cause like I live in Atlanta, Georgia, Jesus is never going to get here. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Like if you look at Jesus is like geographical, like traveling, it really wasn't far, no. which is why it's better that we have Holy spirit. Cause now Jesus can come to Atlanta or wherever, <laughs> which is what we've been loving. Even teaching on is like, man, like, like this isn't about me as a speaker or your pastor, whoever they are. Like it's about you because you have what's better. And right. so it's been, it's been exciting even just unpacking it, even just personally. Cause I'm like, realizing that this is better. Cause I think a lot of times 
I, I love this idea of like, like I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm going to talk to Peter. And like, how was it being with Jesus? And the cliche is like, he's going to turn back to you. Like, dude, like you had better than I did. Like, and it's, <laughs> right. it's cause it's true. Like, like Peter was with Jesus for like a couple of years and then had to figure this out, which we get to figure out as well. But it's like, man, like maybe it'd be almost strange to go from that to that even sometimes, but it's, but yeah, so that's the, the premise of the book is like this idea of attaining and walking in what, what Jesus had, the disciples had. And even kind of the joke is like, man, like you get to have a better and closer relationship with Jesus than Jesus's mom did to Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. like right. he's like, Holy Spirit's with you all the stinking time. Like it's, Almost annoyingly so, like right. it's kind of constant. So that's that's the the the, the premise of the whole thing is what uh, what is better. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times the Holy Spirit can kind of get pushed in a corner, or overlooked, and missed. Yeah, yeah. Which you know is kind of a tragedy just in itself. The fact that we overlook yeah, the Holy yeah. Spirit. But there's also the sense of we miss out on so much because we don't understand the Holy Spirit, we don't engage the Holy Spirit, and have a relationship with Him the way you know at least in our minds we have with Jesus. And so yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's a good, um, you make the, the point in the book. That's really good that, you know, relationship with Jesus. Yes. Important, but there's, yeah. there's a Trinity. There is three parts to that. Yeah, yeah. The Holy spirit is a huge part, not only to the Trinity, but to our own spiritual well being and health and all those things. And we can't overlook that. Yeah. I think it's always a funny thing because people pray to Jesus, which is cool. But like, he's not, he's not there, dude. Like he's not right next to you. Like, like, you know, you're really praying with Holy Spirit. Like he's there. I mean, like they, they, they can all hear you, you know, whatever. But like, it's that, that idea of like, man, like you really have, like people say, like, I have a relationship with Jesus, but you really have a relationship with Holy Spirit, you know, cause Jesus isn't on earth anymore. Like, you know, and so I think that's, that is a real thing of like people really put, I think they really put Holy Spirit to the side. And I think a lot of people even put God to the father to the side. And it's all about Jesus. And we miss these two other huge aspects of who God is because it's all about Jesus, which Jesus is the best thing, but it's not the only, the only thing, you know? Right. Well, and it's incomplete without the entire yeah, yeah. Trinity. It's an incomplete relationship. And that's what I like about, about this book, as well as um, your first book, um, the Holy Spirit's not a bird. I like how you bring the Holy Spirit into that conversation of, we need the entire Trinity. We need a full relationship with the full Trinity. Um, yeah, for sure. How did this, how did, how did this jump off of your first book? Um, I honestly, so like for the first book I was in, I was in, I was in college when I met you and I had this idea of like the Holy Spirit on a bird. And I remember writing it down and I would, I, this is real. I would like every month I would Google it to see if someone stole that idea, that title for a book. So that, that was a cool idea. And then I ended up having like a mentor say, Hey, you need to write a book. And I was like, that's super dumb. And then he kind of basically told me to, and I was like, you're, you're more successful than I am. So I'm just going to listen. And then obviously it worked out. It was really great. And then better than Jesus. I was in, I was actually in a brainstorming meeting with some other pastors. They were launching a book and they loved the title of my book. Like, Hey, like we'd love just for you to come in and like, just help us brainstorm kind of a thing. You know, it's, and so I was like, okay. So I was there. And then a couple of ideas came up. And then as we're in this idea for a different book, um, this, I this idea of, of, uh, better than, came up. It was like better than something else. But then I was like, man, like it'd be a really cool idea to say better than Jesus. Cause that's what Jesus himself says. There's something better than me. And I was like, that's all. So like I've both times have been pumped up by a title and then creates the content, which is like the anti, the anti exegetical right. answer. But I'm like, I just, I'm like, that's a really cool idea. And then like, as I'm exploring this idea, I'm like, 
A, to make sure it's legitimate. And then, you know, like, I'm like, oh, this is a really exciting idea. And I've liked in the two books, like, like I, and maybe it's just because it's easier for me to break it down. It's just like, I like every chapter to be a different subject or like aspect of this whole idea. And so, and then I did do something for the second book, which I, if, man, if people are an author, especially in theology, like I love doing this, that I reached out to a professor who you know is Dr. Terrence Espinosa. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically like, hired him to like hey can you read my book and make sure i'm not sending people to hell you know i was like please like i just because like if the title's somewhat edgy of like i want to make sure the content inside is super solid and then so that was super super helpful and it was just intriguing just to hear a professional phd theologian right you know also ripping apart some of the ideas that aren't in the book obviously <laughs> so because i'm like oh like that's a very interesting correct way to think of something I said wrong yeah. or whatever. Like it was just a really cool way to, you know, get that, that, uh, the dialogue. And so that was a huge part of it too. Was like, even I called him up before I really started writing like, Hey, like how crazy is this idea? And he's like, it's really nice. Like it's, you know, you have to be caring of the people cause you're still like pastoral in nature of like, you know, it can't just be to, you know, not to be edgy, just to be edgy to sell one more book, you know, to make five bucks or whatever. Right. So, so, but, but that was uh, exciting for sure. Good. Good. So now, you, um, as you mentioned, you travel, you do services at churches, um, yeah. and you call it the Holy Spirit Conference. So um, tell yeah. everybody, just kind of in a nutshell, what is the Holy Spirit Conference? What's the experience that you provide? And so if somebody were to bring you into the church, into their church, yeah, yeah. You know, what does that look like? Yeah. So yeah, the premise is like, we're passionate about people having a simple understanding of and a relationship with Holy Spirit without any weird baggage. That's the, our key ingredient is the end is without any weird baggage. So like, Let's be normal. It's not about me, not about the pastor. It's about the person in the seat, in the, in the aisle, the pew, whatever you call it. And and so, yeah, we typically take people on like an experience of like, hey, like, so typically it's like Sunday morning. We're going to do an introduction of who Holy Spirit is, really laughter filled, like like full of like jokes and humor and just like really like taking up all the pressure. And then typically doing a Sunday evening service or, you know, another additional service where we then have a, like a slightly more experiential isn't the best word for it, but is, is really like, Hey, we're going to spend more time, more intentional time walking through strate- strategic prayer where really like, I'm praying with you and coaching people just how to pray for certain things in a right. way that's really normal and not pushy. And so we've, we've just seen the greatest success is by really telling people like, the phrase of like, that's not okay. Of like, Hey, people have taught this other way. Like, that's not okay. Like people like yelling at you, like when they're praying, that's not okay. Like if you're married, like when is yelling made things better? It doesn't ever in my experience. Um, and so we, we just kind of like, we try to make it really fun. Even like altar times when we're praying with people, like we try to make jokes and have fun and just laugh. Cause why not? Like people can cry. That's cool. People make that the goal at altars for some reason. Right. Like being like, I want people to laugh and enjoy like, we pray for healing, which is super real. We love doing it. It's not us because that's the easiest part is we're like, hey, like, do you feel same, better or worse? Don't say worse. I get in a ton of trouble. I've said that joke 5,000 times and it's so dumb, but it makes them laugh every time. And it just cuts like it just gets the edge off for a moment of like, OK, like I can just like I can just be a normal human, like not to try to make something happen like right. in, a, in a prayer moment. So but that's the that's the Holy Spirit conference in a, in a nutshell of just trying to make an idea that's been unhealthy sometimes and make it super healthy and really understandable so that people feel like they can have that experience in the next week when I'm not there is really right. the goal. Nice. So what would you say in your experience, what's the most 
What's the most common misconception that you find when it comes to the Holy Spirit, altars, healings, all of that? What's the most yeah, common yeah. misconception you run into? I think I think that there's so many different sides of that question, which I I love is like you know I think the one thing is that people go into a thing like this or a lot of churches and they're like they think that man like the predication of a spirit filled church, whatever that means is like speaking in tongues. That's the thing. If y'all speak in tongues, y'all got the stuff, which is like, honestly, it's like the weirdest part of it all. Honestly, like I, I do, I talk about that for a living and it's still the strangest part of it. It's awesome. It's amazing. I do it all the time, but it's the, like, if I'm asking for one of the nine gifts of the Holy spirit, speaking in tongues is like the last one. Cause like, I'm like, I want to pray for the sick dude. Like I want people to get better and like all that stuff. And and so I think that's a huge part of it is like the goal is not to speak in tongues. The goal is to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. And then the other side of it is like when you're empowered, you're supposed to do things outside of the church, like just right. to pray for people. Like I love book of Acts chapter two, you know, they receive power of the Holy Spirit. And then, so there's 120 people in the room mm-hmm. and you know, this basically Jesus is the end of Jesus's ministry. There are 120 devout followers, which is a lot of people but it's right. not five or 4,000, you know, which we're following him before whatever happened. And so then goes from 120 and then they are filled with the Holy spirit. They're empowered. And then they immediately go outside the room mm-hmm. and then they bring 3000 people to, to Jesus. So it goes from 120 to, you know, roughly 3,120, probably way more than that. But it's this idea of, which I think is funny because people make it all about the church, but man, like if your greatest faith expression is, is being in the church, like that's the minimal expectation, not the right. greatest expression. Yeah. And that's just big that this misconception is like, okay, we're going to have a Holy spirit conference. You're going to feel really good about yourself. And then that's it. And it's like, it's yeah. not the validation for you. It's a validation for who God is and the people who don't know God is right. kind of the kind of the thing. So, well, and that's a transition think, from having an event to having a life change. And that's yeah, really yeah, what that's, your that's goal true. is. Your goal is yeah, yeah. to create an opportunity to have a life change, not just to have a great event. Yeah. The event is like the marketing, the, the life change is the goal, you know, cause yeah, it, it could, cause we're not calling it Holy spirit, Holy spirit, you know, life changing, you know, culture conference event <laughs> thing, you know, like, I don't know. we're just trying to make it super simple and yeah. you know, that. Yep. Awesome. So then your um, traveling schedule kind of came to a very abrupt halt back in the spring. Yes, it did. You heard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so you, um, as you mentioned, you've started traveling again, started coming to churches. Yeah. You know, as you know, I mean, pastors at this season have just, you know, they've been met with all kinds of challenges that they've never dealt with. You know, some of them are being kind of pushed to the edges, all of that. As you're traveling and as you're visiting different churches all over the country, what are you seeing? Like, what are you seeing in the churches? How are they different? Um, are, are they the same? Are you kind of walking into a church and be like, Oh, this is no different than it was, you know, yeah. last year. Or are you walking in and it's like, Oh, this is very different. Like, what are you seeing? Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that that experience has been, hasn't happened yet. Cause all of the churches we've been at lately have been first time experiences. Mm-hmm. We're about to be at a lot of churches that we've been at before, which that'll be a really interesting experience. But for so many of them we're keeping in contact with, if for a lot of people, it seems to actually be better because they, a lot of them have had this pause to say, Hey, what's not working. Yeah. You know, it's that whole thing of like, it takes a long time to move a big ship. Okay. Well, not if it's empty, no. you know, <laughs> like it's like, right. cause all of a sudden people are changing. So even at our church in Atlanta that we attend, 
you know, they got rid of Saturday night services and moved them to Sunday nights. Cause they're like, why are we doing services on a Saturday asking volunteers to take up a whole, like a Sabbath. And then it's, you know, like, it's so confusing. And so they're like, we're just going to do a huge change. Cause right now is the easiest way to do it. And we're seeing that across the board. I mean, we have churches doing renovations in their churches. Now that's not every church, obviously, right. but like people are being able to do really interesting stuff. And I think a lot of churches are starting to do, online stuff that they should have been doing for five or 10 years. Right. You know, that's, they're, they're, you know, they're figuring it out, but, and that's, what's really cool is the churches who have been doing online are killing it right now. Right. And the people who are starting to do online are realizing how much opportunity. I mean, there are even some churches that didn't have online giving before this, which is, I don't even understand that, but it's like, you know, God bless them. But it's like, and all of a sudden, like so many churches that we've been in contact, we've been like partnered with in the past, like all of their giving is almost up, which is so shocking to us. It's the weirdest thing. I mean, and so, but it's been really exciting, but I mean, that's a, that's been really interesting is like seeing how many people are taking advantage of these, this online system, which is free, like all these like online platforms for the most part is a free thing. You can just set up if, if you're able to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One, I think that people's hands have been forced, you know, they, you know, they kind of were in a situation where now we, we have to survive and the only way to survive is to get online. And so we have to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I've encouraged pastors along the way is you've created this online presence. You've created this online community. Don't abandon them yes. when you get back to your live services and right. like, figure out a way to keep it going um, because you're just, you're reaching more people. So put in whatever right. effort needs to keep that going. Yeah. That stuff is, that stuff is crazy. Cause it, so many of these churches, like they're reaching people they never would have reached. And now that some of them are meeting in person, they're saying like their numbers are up and a lot of them are new people because they met online, like, which is just like, so crazy. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's bonkers, man. Yeah. I heard, um, I heard something this morning, actually, I think it was a radio host or something. He was saying he visits a church online seven to eight times before he actually goes and visit or, you know, attends live. That's real. And I just yeah. thought, man, like, I think we know that like consciously we know that, but to actually put that into a number of, you know, that's two months. They're two months of attendance before they ever walk into your door. Yeah. And that's significant. And if you're, you know, if you're doing your online service, you know, with, you know, half the effort and you're just kind of throwing something out there, yeah, you know, you're lucky to keep them for seven or eight services online, let alone get yeah. them to walk into your doors. So. Yeah. I think there's almost like this myth of like, okay, let's give it up for our first time guest. And like, for the love of God, I, I hate when we clap for them. That's so uncomfortable. <laughs> like if I walked in to a gap today to go buy some pants, if they're like, Hey, have you been here before? Like, no, I haven't. Like, okay, everyone, can we clap for this guy? Like that would never, like, that's just a pet peeve, but is, I think it's funny. Maybe I also am the guy who like on my birthday, if I start seeing this people coming to sing to me, I'm like, I'm super out. Like I hate that. So like, maybe it's just, you guys sneak up on you. what'd you say? You guys sneak up on you. Yeah. I not about it, but I think it's funny of like people, I think they really do think like, Oh man, people are coming here for the first time, which I think is pretty rare now. Cause I think like the online service is their first service, like all yeah. the time. Like, I'm not going to like, like, especially for like social awkwardness or you don't know what people are, how they are in church and all that right. stuff. Like, so I'm going to check it out online and make sure this isn't super crazy weird. And like, okay. And this is healthy. You're like the, the messages are like really vibing with our family. Like the message or the, the mission belief, like all that stuff is, I think people totally underestimate like their online presence. Cause like, Oh, it's, they think they think it's like, Oh, like this is for people who are at home. The weather's bad. Like, no, this is your, this is like for your new guest experience is mm -hmm. like is online, which I think is why we're seeing so many people like churches are growing in a pandemic, which makes 
no sense, you know, but it's awesome. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times those new people that are walking in your door in their mind, they're not new because they've been there so many weeks already online. They just happen to be visiting on uh, live service online, but in their minds, they're not new. And so we say, welcome new people. They're like, wait a minute. I'm not new. I've been here. Two months. Two months. Yeah, man. Like I went through two series of like, like, (laughs) yeah, but I think that's, I think that's so funny. And I think that's an, I think it's an interesting thing no matter what, but yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a good, it's just a good point of there's so many pivots we're having to make in the church. So many things we're having to rethink and, you know, even just catch our own perspective up with what people are experiencing. And so, yeah, for sure. So for the pastors who are struggling, the pastors who are, you know, they're exhausted, they're worn out, they, you know, maybe their church isn't growing and maybe their giving isn't up. What's something that you would tell them um, just from your own experience, seeing churches and kind of watching what they're going through? What's something you would tell them to kind of help them keep going? Yeah, I think. When I think of it, I think of like what we've been doing. Like I am not a pastor of a church. So I don't know the pastor aspect. I know the person aspect of someone who's in ministry. And like, man, for us, it's been, it really is like these two things we are huge fans of, of friends, you know, like, like we meet more lonely pastors than it's insane. Yeah. And so like, man, like for real, if you're a pastor, you just need to make some friends, dude. Like you need to figure it out. Like it's weird. Cause like you're in a position like, dude, like don't leverage the position, you know, it's, you know, and so like, I think that, that figuring out like friendships, whether it's other pastors in the area or like people in your church, which you should have friends is man, like Jesus had friends. Like, you know, it's yeah. real. I think that's huge. And honestly, like this is like for us has been game changing for even, especially in this where so much is changing. We are huge fans of, of like counseling and therapy, like for real, like people need it. <laughs> like, like people, like well, I went to a dentist and we also like me and my wife, we do monthly therapy to keep things good. Not because things are falling apart because you know, we want to make sure that we know how to fix the car if it breaks down, not right. when it, you know, kind of thing. And so and I think that has been super, super huge. Like we've been telling so many pastors of like, Hey, like they're telling us like we're like, we're with them in person or on the phone. Like they're telling us a lot of stuff. I'm like, like, I don't be real, man. Like I'm not the dude to talk to about this. Like I'm not a professional. Like you got some stuff going on. Like, man, like maybe you should talk to somebody about it. Like, I think that's, like sometimes like, at least for us, we're like huge fans of it because it's just a, a, a place where you can be super vulnerable and actually get healthy perspective from a third party. And so that's not really ministry related, but man, like in all of this, with all these changes, like it's radically changed us. I mean, we've been doing this before all that just to keep things real. But I think like, man, like I think that vulnerability of both friendships and like getting actually asking for help in general, even that's why I love like the stuff you do, like coaching and stuff. Like if people don't, ask to get help. Like, how are you ever going to grow? The only way you're going to grow is through failing and you're going to learn from the mistake rather than from the wisdom. And so I think those, those relationships and professionals, I think is the, is the coolest thing right now. And people are doing it online, which is cool too. And so much of it's just self-care. And I think that's, again, something that's come out in the midst of all of this. Yes. Because as pastors, we're not very good at taking care of ourselves and making sure that not only are we physically healthy, but mentally and emotionally like, and I think that's just become very apparent in all of this is we need to take care of ourselves while we're taking care of other people. It's kind of the whole, uh, it's the airplane and the mask, you know, you put your own mask, your mask on first, then help everybody else. And so, yeah. um, yeah, that's good. So now you and I, what's that? I did see this, a picture a while ago, there was a, a plane that had that actually happen. And then everyone had it like just right here. They didn't have it over their nose. And which I thought was so funny because they're like, clearly, because no one pays attention. You know, yeah. like I fly all the time. 
I don't pay attention. And so it's very funny because they're like, because you never listen to the instructions, the thing comes out and you don't even know how to use this stupid thing. It's just very funny to me. But yeah. what were you saying? So you and I have known each other a long time. When did, yeah. we, when did we meet? We met in 2011, I think. Yeah. Be that. Came to college. Yes. Um, so I was trying to think through like just some of my fun memories. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the ones that I thought of was um, when we would do the early morning workouts. Oh, God. You remember that? I do. I do remember that. <laughs> my body might not, but yeah. Um, they were your favorite, weren't they? They were. Well, I thought that was a fun thing. I honestly, I wish like churches did that. Like now that, cause me and my wife, we went to the gym this morning. It was the worst. Like every morning I wake up thinking, why are we paying money to do this? And then, but now I'm like, I'm so, I feel so good. Yeah. And, and I'm like, it's so awesome. But even that thing, especially because we were doing it with friends, you know, doing it with you, you know what you're doing. I didn't, you know, like it was like me, you, Brandon and uh, Hannah. And then I can't remember who else was there, but um, you know, probably a bunch of other people, but it was like this, like, there's this camaraderie to it, but it was, uh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Well, doing it together was just, yeah. it helps. It helps. It helps you get out of bed because you, totally you're right. not a morning person, or at least then you weren't. Well, Are I you a morning that. person now? Nope, not at all. <laughs> but we do it, so it, it's terrible. But yeah, but it's, it is fun. Like me and my wife go together and it's, our gym is literally in walking distance to our house because we live in this like downtown area. And like we went this morning, it sucks because we have to wake up at like 540 in the morning. But then we're done. Like, but then I do love this idea. People, people have said this. Like, like the hardest part of your day is done at the end of that. Like, yeah. Really, yep. Like, man, if I can, if I can do this and you have these people yelling at you to run up a stupid treadmill thing, I'm like, if I can get through this crap, I can definitely deal with talking to Brandon later. You know, <laughs> as difficult as that is. <laughs> is. Yeah. As painful as it is for sure. So now, so you, you know, so you went to the old school of leadership at Southwestern. Um, sure. you know, trained in ministry, got your degree in, what was your degree in? What did it end up being in? Uh, church ministries. Church ministries. Yes. And then you've been in, you know, traveling and doing ministry for how many years now? Uh, five now. In all of that time, whether it's your education period or your practical ministry or whatever, what's one ministry hack that you learned along the way that you are like, man, if pastors would figure this out or if this, if they would do this one thing or What's a ministry hack that you've learned that you feel like everybody would benefit from if they just did this? Uh, yeah, I think it's this of like, you find the person, like whoever you want to, like the, the dream person, like the best person in the, your field of ministry, you reach out to them and you try to like, it's, it's like, you know, other people say this, like what well, Gary Vee is the guy who I heard this first. And, but I realized I did it before I heard it. It was like, man, like find that person and work for them like for free and learn from them as much as you can. Like I went to Bible college, amazing, went to your classes. They were awesome. But man, when I reached out to a guy named Tim who did what I want to do for a living, he's been doing it for 25, 30 years now. Right. And I was like, hey, can you teach me what you're doing? And then I just kept annoying him until he said yes, basically. Like I learned more from that guy and doing stuff with him right. and never really getting anything out of it except for like all this crazy experience. Like it, it was all, he was the giver in that moment. I was all just taking, but cause I wasn't, you know, I wasn't asking for crazy things and he was super generous and everything he does, of course. But it's like, man, like if you, if you're struggling or if you want to get better, that's why I think it's cool of what you do and what so many people are doing of like, Hey, like here's like, here's the trajectory of growth. And so like, I've done this before. Here's the, here's the clout. And right. then like, man, like reaching out to those people and saying like, like would you help me? Cause this idea of like, no one's going to really reach out to you to improve you. Like no right. one's 
Yeah. Like mentors aren't saying, hey, Ty, um, I want to just take all of my precious time away from my family, my friends, my job. I want to pour into you. I mean, maybe, but that doesn't really happen. <laughs> and so I think the idea like reaching out to people has been huge, like a game changer for us. I mean, it's, I would say the, it's number, like probably the number one biggest life change was like the one direct message on Twitter I sent to a guy named Tim changed my entire life because I reached out to like just follow him around basically, you know, and like go to events with him and see how he did it. So that's, that's my thing is like, you know, whoever you think is the best, like reach out to them. And the first person says no, then there's probably 20 more people you can ask yeah. for a five minute conversation or you can buy them lunch if they're close yeah. to you. All right. Yeah. So, so I think yeah. that's, that's, that's changed our life. So, I mean, it's just all those things are so crazy of like, you know, I was just at, um, you know, a launch of a friend's church. And it's crazy how many people were there that I knew of and people who I've just had lunch with before back in Texas. And now we're having better community and relate, you know, can pick up and get wisdom. Even like, oh, Hey, can I have two minutes of your time. Here's my problem. Like, how would you deal with it? You know, all right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, that's yeah. No, and I would agree. I, I would even say, you know, looking back over my own life, you yeah, know, yeah. there have been so many, you know, mentors and people, you know, who poured into me. In fact, uh, as you said, the, the one, you know, direct message, you know, I did the same thing. I, I sent an email uh, yeah, yeah. to a pastor, Jim, and just said, Hey, yeah, can yeah. I just have lunch with you one day. And that turned into yeah. once a month meetings that then Crazy. led to, you know, coming in to Texas and meeting you. And, and all of that came from that one email of just, Hey, I just want to learn. That stuff is insane to me. Like I can't, I'm always excited. I'm 28. So I'm basically a child, (laughs) but I'm like, I'm like so excited to see like in five years from now, like what happened? Cause even like the first, like my, I joked about the first year of ministry basically doesn't count because I did four events. Three of them were handed to me by the guy named Tim. One of them was a church of like eight people and it was the worst service I ever did in my life. So, but the other ones were great. And one of them was like a, a district camp that we did. And I, I, I did great. I, I think I killed it for as better as, as I could have. And now that one place has, I mean, we just got, we still get bookings and events from we're like, Hey, I saw you like five years ago, four years ago at this event. And now we want to get, that stuff is crazy. I think at the beginning too, cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like how just like ever going to, you know, grow or yeah. whatever the word is. And so that stuff is crazy when you just, when you take advantage of like, when you send the email is awesome, but when you actually have the right questions to ask, cause yeah. was that before Jim? Cause I, I know you're talking about, was that before he was at the, the high position he was at? Yeah. So he was just the lead pastor at the time. He was, he was my pastor um, at the church that I was attending. And I, I, what I liked was, is that he, his pastoral style fit my personality. Yeah. You know, but just because when I would see other pastors, I would see, you know, this high charismatic personality and I just couldn't fit into that because it's not who I am. But then when I saw him, he came, you know, to our church, I was like, oh my goodness, like I can learn how he does it. And so I did, I just reached out to him and yeah, it's been huge for me. So, so yeah, I would agree. Anybody who, you know, regardless of how old you are, or regardless of what your experience level is, there's always somebody who you can learn from reach out to them, uh, ask them, you know, like Ty said, ask them for lunch, ask them even to mentor you. Um, all they can do is say no. So it's not, you know, if they say no, okay, move on, find somebody else. But if they say yes, it could be life changing. And so, um, and yeah, like you'd mentioned earlier, I think that, you know, too many pastors are serving in loneliness and isolation. And, you know, one of the best ways is, you know, reaching out and getting a mentor. Cause 
I mean, you weren't necessarily friends with Tim and I wasn't necessarily friends with Jim yeah. when we reached out, yeah. but it became a friendship yeah. after the fact. And so I think it's crazy too, like both of those people and there's more of them, like, you know, we have mentors in other areas too, but like, right. like, like when they get promoted, you get promoted, you yeah. know, like when they get their higher position, they have more influence. They can help you better, which it's, is not, that's not the goal, but right. it's like, realize like, man, like when you have a relationship, like things just happen that wouldn't happen without and when you're alone like it's just not going to happen man right you know it's something that's that's crazy but that's yeah. such a crazy thing yeah well and i think one of the things too and i was talking with somebody else about this last week is that you know in ministry one of the challenges is that it's so easy for us to get so isolated in our local yeah, expression yeah. um and we aren't great at networking all the time and you yeah. and i both come from a background of you know, ministry networks, like we're tied to lots of people. And that's just how we've been trained and how we've come into ministry is you are, you are effective in ministry when you're connected with other, you know, pastors and ministry leaders who are effective in their areas. And I think that the more we can collaborate, and that's even part of the goal here with ministry hackers is that the more that we can come together, the more we can collaborate, the more we can give to one another, the better all of us will become, which in the end, the more God's kingdom will advance, the more people are reached, the more effective we are. And honestly, the more, you know, the more influence the church will have in culture, but it all starts with us individually saying, Hey, I'm going to network with others. Yeah, for sure. I think it's awesome. Well, Ty, thank you so much for being here. It was fun. Did you have fun? Yeah, this is good. (laughs) I worked out before this, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It is all about the workout. <laughs> it is. No, this, is, this is awesome. No, I love this stuff. Good. So if you guys are interested in um, getting Ty's book, either this one, Better Than Jesus, or The Holy Spirit's Not a Bird, or if you're interested in checking out the Holy Spirit Conference, you can do all of that at tybuckingham.com. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes for you so you will have it. But check Ty out. Uh, book him if you can. Get his books. Um, and thank you all so much for being here in this podcast. Again, thank you, Ty. Thanks, Sam. That was awesome. All right. We'll see you guys later. Have a good, have a good day, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.